Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, guitar nerds. If you like this podcast, you should check out Between the Liner Notes. Between the Liner Notes is a documentary-style podcast about music's forgotten stories. AV Club recently called BTLN an immaculately produced podcast that churns out overlooked bits of music history that most listeners weren't even aware they wanted. Episodes cover stories like how MTV's I Want My MTV ad campaign saved the network from ruin, how jazz began in a New Orleans red-light district, and how 3,000 beatniks once started a riot because New York City banned them from singing. You can find Between the Liner Notes on every podcast app, including iTunes, so be sure to check it out. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Packham, joined this evening by Matt Knight. Good afternoon. Jay Cross. Hello all. And Joey Branton. Bonsoir, mes amis. Back from tour and still alive. Both of those things are Back true. Back from tour and still a bore. Um, thanks, for, oh. uh, thanks for joining us this week. Like uh, the last two weeks we've been Brantonless. So, yeah. And uh, it has been noted. People are like, oh, where's the... Where's the mildly irritating one? Well, exactly. They must have been dull podcasts. Basically, yeah. you guys just reading lists. No, they. I like good. I like a good list. Yeah, they've been uh, they've been good, interesting. A lot more facts, a lot less arsing around. Well, well, now it's back to arsing around and factsless gibberish. Indeed, <laughs> and we'll go into what you've been doing um, shortly. But first, I wanted to catch up with uh, Matthew Knight. Um, Matt, yes. how's it going in the London? Good. Apart from being grey, I just came back from afternoon tea at the Ritz. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> you got you got that big old boss money, of course. Um, yeah, it was part of my uh, my girlfriend's thirtieth birthday present that her friends got us. So we uh, we went and enjoyed afternoon tea at the Ritz. What does uh, what did you get as part of the afternoon tea? Ritz biscuits. Of, <laughs> yeah, Ritz biscuits. Loads of Ritz biscuits. Uh, unlimited sandwich, cakes, scones, tea. Unlimited tea. It's very good. For our American listeners, basically, Matt, you're just confirming every stereotype that they may hold. Yeah, we just went to the Ritz for a bit of afternoon tea and <laughs> cakes, biscuits. Pip, pip. Matt, yeah. are these sandwiches really small? Are they cut into triangles? No, they're just far away. <laughs> <laughs> they, they are cut into tiny, what you would call a finger sandwich, Joe, Joe Branton. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> I, think, I think it's best we don't go into Joe Branton's finger sandwiches. That's not a uh, an avenue I want to travel down. So um, aside from uh, you know eating out at the uh, the finest of dineries, um, Matt Knight, you've had a busy week with some guitar pedals. Yes. Um, so I've been busy emailing lots of people asking for their help with guitar nerds because me and Joe Branton are taking over doing pedal of the week. Fire. And I got three, yeah, three new pedals this week. Well, four. James at Bright Onion was very kind to send us a patch box for a pedal board that is arriving next week, which I'll show everyone. But we've got a new pedal board for demos, which is uh, awesome. So, ah, you boys have been we... busy. I didn't know anything about this. Well, 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 well. Matt Knight has been busy. Okay, fine. Yeah, no, don't worry I'll, I'll sort it all out Joe it's fine who's the, um, who's the pedal board coming from uh, it's coming from custom pedal boards okay they're building one especially for us as well uh, which is quite nice custom to our size just for the demos so that'll be really nice so shell pink a permanent demo board uh, no it would be a, a slightly more industrial chrome okay nice um, shell chrome but yeah and then uh, a, um, 
VS Audio in Greece got in touch with me um, and sent me their Royal Flush Overdrive, which is their two-channel overdrive and boost, cool. which is uh, very, very good. I had a um, little play around with that on the Facebook yesterday. And then uh, Jamie and Anna who were super kind and sent us. And I, I didn't know when they were going to send these. They just said, we'll send them out to you as soon as they're ready. They sent us the Transmitter Reverb and the Space Spiral Delay, which are their two new um, reverb and delay pedals. And they are wicked. They are really really good fun so what one's reverb and one's delay one's reverb that runs through a resonant filter okay. so imagine like it was co-designed with a dj apparently so they they basically copied the same sort of filter that you would get on like a mixer right so if you're if you're like a turntablist or whatever and you've got like a, a filter so the resonance is turned all the way up so then you've just got the cutoff sweep um and then that is variable with an expression pedal so you can kind of have this cool reverb and then you can kind of add this like post reverb filter onto it. Weird. Which is, uh, which is super nice. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really good fun actually. The first time I turned it, I was like, oh, this is amazing. You can actually like play it like a proper, like, you know, that's the first thing anyone ever does if they're like in front of some sort of mixer or synthesizer is just turn the cut off because it oh, sounds yeah, just, like you're doing something. Yeah, you just do that <laughs> thing. Exactly. Um, that all so when DJs you had do. your Yamaha DJX uh, keyboard, you DJ. know, you just... T- DJ, um, and then they also sent us the Space Spiral Delay, which is their modulation delay, and it's brilliant. It's on the same sort of lines as the Metaverse, the okay. Warble oh, Swell cool. Deluxe. Yeah, it doesn't have as many controls. It has the world's brightest LED in it. Um, <laughs> I turned it on, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm like slightly blinded." <laughs> of um, and then I emailed Jamie to say, "You know, thanks very much for sending the pedals. It's awesome." And he's like, "I'm free this Thursday. Do you want to?" shall I come on the podcast and I was like yes please so this Thursday as well we're also going to talk to him on the podcast awesome fantastic I'm, yes um, I'm glad you're uh, interviewing all these pedal people over it's for the, the Patreon channel um, and yeah some interesting stuff going on there particularly looking forward to the uh, the Earthquaker one I think that'll be super, super yeah I mean cool. they're, I think they're one of the I suppose the biggest boutique brands at, at the moment you know yeah. they're the kind of guys that have sort of almost risen risen to the top so um be really interesting because i know that if they've been around a long time and i found a really old picture of the pedal board of mine from from years ago and it had an earthquaker delay on it so i know they've been going a long time but i think only recently if they sort of become like one of the go-to brands yeah and so many pedals as well like we saw uh from nam i think it was where they like discontinued everything and then put yeah. out 18 new pedals well yes. i guess the, the story of earthquaker kind of fits really in well with the like the rise of the boutique pedal um industry in general doesn't it you know they sort of were knocking about at the same time and you know have you seen the little documentary i have not they've done like a when they changed their their range round and released all the new pedals they also released a little documentary on the rise of earthquaker and how it was started it's a husband and wife team and when they were making pedals in their garage in their first home and then they had a kid and moved somewhere else and expanded where they were making things it takes you through like their first when they employed their first additional help because it was always in their home and then when they bought their first office and employed a couple more people and it's such a such a family sort of team they do this shot of like um the two owners with the first staff member and then all the other staff members sort of like, walk in. Okay. And it's all like shot in their garden and stuff like nice. that and outside the front of the, the little place. It's, it's such a brilliant little localised organisation for something to be as worldwide dominant on the boutique circuit as, Definitely. Yeah. as they are. It's, it's worth watching. It's only like sort of 15 minutes, but it's a really nice insight into what looks to be a really nice, you know, well-run company not very corporate matty have you got them both coming on the uh for a podcast interview or is it just jamie i think it's just jamie okay that's coming on because okay. um, he's he, he does a lot of the designs okay. so i think anna does a lot more of the business and he does a lot more of the kind of um sort of circuit design work um but yeah and then two weeks on from that as well just uh, kind of with more patreon interviews i'm doing uh, nick reinhardt and one alderette Yes, you uh, are. The week after that. Joe Branton's not going to be able to listen to that without, you know, doing things to himself, I don't oh, think. Yeah. It's going to be uh, <laughs> very, very interested to uh, to see uh, and hear that one, I think. Um, that's super cool, Matty. I think, uh, yeah, it's nice that we've got a lot of interesting stuff coming up. Um, yeah. Have you been up to anything else this week? You played any um, 
any new gear or any uh, interesting guitar bits? Uh, no, no guitar stuff. I was actually going to try and go to uh, see my friend, well, our friend, Nick Aslin at Guitar Guitar Camden this weekend and say hello, um, but I didn't get a chance. And it, also, the bank holiday was extremely busy in London. Yeah, I bet. I tried to get 10 minutes down the road on the bus, and it took me like half an hour. Blimey. Um, so I kind of just gave up the idea of going to Camden, where it was bound to be absolutely mental. Yeah, that's proper um, like bank holiday day out, isn't it, Camden yeah, Town? Yeah, but... Um, in a couple of weeks i'm with with work we're taking some of the kind of um well we're taking yoshi and a few of the other boss guys around the uk so we'll be doing a bit of a guitar shop tour so might see some cool gear on on that cool cool excursion it's like four days of seeing every major guitar shop in the country so that should be quite good fun nice nice um joe branton you've been on see? a tour of sorts um how 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 was it? What yeah. sort of debauchery can you actually talk about? Uh, to, no, some okay, about half okay. Uh, no, it was <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was good. I did I did nine dates in like in Europe. Well, some bits of Europe. We just are you did, still allowed into Europe? Yeah, just about. Yeah, okay, only good. some bits. Okay, <clears throat> um, we have to take some interesting routes because of the countries, countries that I'm banned that you're, from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. Um, but yeah, we did France, Belgium, Luxembourg, and. Uh, Holland for a bit and yeah it was really good did you actually play in Holland or you just drove through no we Holland? went to Amsterdam we played we played uh, we played in Amsterdam which is really cool can you remember that uh, yes actually because Amsterdam is quite expensive so yes. I was less drunk okay in, good uh, in Amsterdam the good. most drunk I was was at a cooperative in uh, somewhere in I think it was Strasbourg in in France, right on the sort of French German border. Yeah, we played like a um, a punk club there, and uh, the uh, the beer came in wine bottle size, <laughs> and was one euro fifty Painful. a bottle, but half price to the bands. Oh, nice! So seventy five cents or whatever it is. I drank ten. <laughs> okay, so for for. The equivalent of Before about six you pounds, played. you had ten pints. Well, we were on at midnight, so I'd done. I, I, I was quite drunk when I played, but it was fine. I was on autopilot by that point. Anyway, not good, good to see the punters are uh, getting their money's worth. Exactly. I thought you were off the booze now. Uh, well, I was until the end of that the the last month. Okay. The and month before, fully last. back on. Wait, well, I, now I've got to wind it in back now because I'm feeling very fat. And, uh, <laughs> you're looking good. <laughs> looking good for people on the uh, the pod, um, uh, listening to the pod. You've got a nice haircut. You're looking. You're looking Great. in better shape than I imagined after a nine day well, uh, booze Yes, thank you. It was good, but gear wise, it was also yes. Uh, this is what we really want to know about. Yeah, exactly. So we, it was a it was a three band tour. We were touring with a, a French. Um, uh, post-hardcore band called um, Fall of Messiah and um, a Scottish math band called Vassa um, and and yeah they were all it's all everyone's quite gear heavy so the the sort of the load-ins were were pretty epic because I think the smallest pedal board there was me um, with a um, with a Novo twenty uh, pedal train Novo twenty four, actually that's not true. There was a pedal train junior there as well, the bass player from Vassa. He was smallest than me, and then everything else was a Novo thirty two or a pedal train Grand. It's Grand, isn't it, or Pro, rather? Sorry. What's the biggest one, Matt? It's Pro. Uh, <clears throat> no, Grand. No, Terra. Terra forty two ah, is right. technically the biggest one. That's the widest one, but it's not as deep as yes. the Pro. There were no terrors, uh, so yeah, it was um, yeah, it was pros. I think there were three pros, and uh, the rest of them were how, how many pedals would you say approximately you can fit onto one of the pros? Um, well, that's the thing because the people with pros had mostly tiered them as well, well so there was the, extra. The they the forty two they're designed to take forty two, aren't they? <laughs> is, is that the, is, that's no sure? Isn't that is that the measure of is it, yeah, that's it, the is inch. it in inches? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I've got 42 inch <laughs> wide pedals. 42 yeah. what? Inch wide what? Pedals. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I think so there were a lot. I don't know what it was, but the average thing was probably 15, 16 pedals per board. Probably, That's a lot. Probably more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was good. Um, Vassa both incorporate ES8s um, into their board, which... Uh, which was great. The only problem um, I, I, I found sort of with, and, and why I don't think any of my band have moved on to switches yet, is if you have a problem live, that's it. 
Like, yep. try working out an ESA in a live situation. Um, Matt's going to jump in and defend it here. Well, here the... <clears throat> is there some live feedback? You can just... boss man. You can... I think you can... There, can you just bypass it? Yeah, you just hold down the mute switch. And right, it, and it by, bypasses. It hardwires the input to the output. Right. right. So that is pretty cool. You get away with it. But, of course, if you are completely effect dependent, that's still not much help and then trying to troubleshoot an ES8 live I think is, is quite complicated yeah. so it only happened once it happened to Scott Cooper one of the guitarists in Vassar but it, it you know <laughs> it was a bit of a debacle it's, but I mean at the same time it's kind of like it's part of the course isn't it you know yeah, you've got to if you're if you're using all of those things it's you how, need to know how to troubleshoot and live. also I think it's you know I always think it's really impressive when a band who like when a band has got there's something's gone wrong with say the guitar player and the bassist and the drummer have obviously got like they spot what's going on and they keep the flow going they can play a little in, blues jam in one maybe not a blues jam <laughs> but like you know if there's something that they do I, I think it's really yeah. I think it's really important that like bands have the ability to like keep the flow going if something is up you yeah. know rather than just going doing what I always used to do which is oh guys stop, hang, stop, hang stop, on a sec stop. Yeah. Can we can can is it can we get some more lights up? Just sorry, sorry There's guys. Something broken. There was a, that happened to me actually a while ago. There's a, a YouTube. We had like a set where my my gear stopped working and we sort of had to. Uh, I had to troubleshoot it and and it ended up being the least most likely thing. So there was quite a bit of sort of time elapsed and we had to really sort of change what we were doing like mid song. Um, and of course we came away from it being like oh, it was terrible. And then it got uploaded someone uploaded it to youtube on a like titled like best best save ever sort of right. thing because we'd worked it in and sort of worked around it but yeah yeah i guess you do have to yeah. sort of know how to troubleshoot but yeah it was great lot so yeah so two es8s from vasa which was uh, which was really impressive um blaine thompson from vasa has the weirdest drive setup he has three drive pedals which he blends how? using the oh, es8 okay yeah um, which what, is blends between them yeah <clears throat> so I, I don't understand exactly how he does that I don't know if he has something else set up as like a some sort of loop what in that like oh I like the top end mm, yeah from exactly the, I, I really like the top end of my Proco rap but yeah. I like the the well, I mean, I the guess the earthiness of the tube screamer I yeah. guess all you would do is Weird. run them into a loop each yeah. And then, and then what stick a filter on them yeah just dial no, out no, the bottom you end can, um, on the ES8 you can run loops in parallel um, so you can actually stack three say for example loop two and loop three you can have them run on top of each other so the signal um, runs the two yeah in series rather than in parallel so you get like a 50-50 mix of both yeah yeah but what I'm saying is but, if let's say he like Joe says if he likes the top end from the rat and the bottom end from a OD1 or something um, you could just dial in that sound like dial in a really toppy rap sound and then yeah. dial in a really bassy OD1 sound yeah I don't know if he's using because there's also a newer version that allows you to split the outputs rather than running it in stereo um, and I've been messing around with running a, basically two drives into two separate amplifiers so like a fuzz into one amp and an overdrive into the other and then sticking the volume pedal loop into one amp so you can then fade in one amp that's got one drive sound on it so if you've got a fuzz but you want to add in more boost on the other side you can literally bring the volume pedal in and you can have two independent gains running to two amps which is quite cool ah, oh, that's awesome gotcha they're yeah. an impressive beast in uh, in Blaine's case he was running a Timmy a um, a White Atom and um, and a a bad monkey all together yes those, those were the three the drives and then bad monkey and then for the big bits he was bringing in an extra drive from a boss metal zone with everything on full yeah <laughs> why would you not why would you not <laughs> yeah it was absolutely brilliant so yeah it was great to have such an effect everything there were some cool guitars as well um um I, uh, 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 Scott was using like um, the Roadworn series of Telecasters with the humbucker in the neck. Yep, he had two of those, and Blaine was using. Blaine has a, a faded SG that he's retrofitted the Seymour Duncan P90, the, the flat cat. The, no, the bladed P90. Oh, the um, yeah, what's that called? The one that's got the humbucker and the P9, like um, uh, sorry, the P90 and the sort of rails humbucker uh, in. Uh 
I can't remember because that's it's you like can the then PH add the triple ring to that, can't you? Yeah, yeah, you can. Oh, I can't remember what it's called. That's yeah. really annoying. You're gonna look now, Matty. Yeah, I but it's it look. sounded absolutely brilliant. Yeah, that was a, a puck guitar, and Tim Tim was playing. Tim, the guitarist in my band, was playing his SG, his left-handed SG Junior. Okay, um, which uh, unfortunately was having some real tuning issues. So, SGs can be a bit fussy sometimes. Yeah, it's also it's it's the junior, so you only have that one wraparound bridge, and yep. because he's left-handed and he's just and he strings right-handed, you can't use that bridge because it's you can't change the intonation. It's angled uh, for one way, so we had to get uh, we had to get an, a different bridge that's an all-in-one that has the adjustable saddles. Oh yeah, yeah. But of course, having an all-in-one means that it's quite chunky, so it's impossible to get the action down that low. It's just not 100% a sort of working solution. So it was having some issues anyway, and he ended up spending the rest of the, the tour on his Hagstrom Swede. Which is an actual left-handed guitar. Both of them were left-handed. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, of course. Yeah. But he does the flip. Yes. Um, more importantly, what bass did you take? Because um, you told us a few weeks ago about the Stonefield. So, yeah, yeah. Um, did it get a run out? I, I didn't take the Stonefield on Of course tour. not. Um, Why not? Uh, well, um, I, I, I'm, I'm still in the process of sorting out the the Stonefield thing because I've I've been given the opportunity to keep that one or have a custom built one made. Okay. So I was sort of still, and that paperwork came through quite late, and I was still like so, thinking about what I want to do. Oh, and also, um, I didn't realise, but you you can only use certain strings, and I use um, Daddario's like fifty to one tens. Yeah. Um, and they actually taper off quite short for a, oh, for, so for a long, long scale set and they're not right. long enough and I was like I only sort of went to restring like two days before <laughs> and I was like oh I don't really have I didn't realise until I was doing it and then I was like oh I don't really have time to get a new set of strings so I took my jazz basses which was safer really because I, I, I got quite we had a, the big a show in, in Luxembourg and um, we uh, we sort of, our drummer sort of trashed the stage a bit <laughs> and uh at the end and I sort of felt compelled to sort of join him in that and sort of wrecked one of the jazz bases was it your gear or someone else's gear it was our gear I think he was having a bit of a mare of a show um, which didn't come across I thought it was excellent but at the end he just like kicked his kick drum off of the the raised bit where he was into me and I was like well he's going to look like an idiot if I don't throw my bass at no you point. should have just gone look, looked around at him like <laughs> what are you doing and then walked off done yeah, a little bow I, like I a should've. pleasant bow and then walked I should have but yes it was good so I took my two jazz basses I took um, I've got one of the lacquer finished 60s um, uh, Mexican built uh, jazz basses so I took that and that's not that's something you've had done yourself though isn't it that wasn't a stock no actually the P bass was oh, the one I had done yeah, of course. so the jazz yeah, bass yeah. they did a limited yeah, run of yeah. of lack of finish <laughs> jazz basses so it's just like 60s so sunburst taut guard I swapped the taut for black but yeah other than that it's a great it's a great bass and it's the only way to get like a lack of finish fender for under a grand mm. I also own a, a classic vibe jazz bass and the pickups are 10 times better in the classic vibe than they are in the Mexican Fender. I assume it's just standard Mexican pickups in the... Yeah, they're just a bit rubbish, aren't they? so thin, yeah. so thin and rubbish. So I still haven't taken them out and swapped them for anything else, but I, I will do. I'll, I'll pop some... I was thinking about maybe getting some Demarzios because I've never given Demarzio a, a run-in, so I'll... Yeah, I'm, I'm not going. really even really sure what they've got available on base. Maybe need to do a bit of digging, find yeah. out what's, um, what's going on. But yeah, it'd be nice to get a report because I... I don't know much about Demarcio. We no. didn't stock them for a long time when we were at the shop. No, and, people uh, always used to ask, and we have you got any super distortions? Well, they're, we're yeah, like, they're uh, sort of a, no, we don't. There are brands that are kind of a little bit well. They're not stuck because people still play them. But like, when you think Demarcio, you think eighties, eighties. Yeah, Seymour Duncan's are the pickups of today. Aren't well, they? I think Seymour Duncan's are probably the pickups of yesterday, and oh, Bare Knuckle are yeah. the pickups of today, or yeah. like hundreds of boutique. Yeah, yeah, doing there. Matt, talking of, got, C- um, talking of Seymour Duncan, what was that pickup that we can't remember the name of? Uh, Demasio. Uh, no, it was Seymour Duncan. It's called the P Rails. P Rails, of uh, course. Um, but Demasio is awesome. I've got one in my SG at the moment, actually. I've had the Path Pro in there for quite a while. It's a good little pickup. Just a uh, Path clone. Yeah, 
basically. And actually, talking of bare knuckles, I quickly went on their shop and they do um, a custom builder now, so you can build your dream pickup. I don't know whether that's just their sort of standard selection that they had before, but I didn't realise their entire website has changed to something a little bit more modern. Oh, wow. It was, it was looking a bit old, I think, yeah. last time I remember looking. It's not quite the same as those guitar builders, is it, where you can go on there and like make a load of things, like building the pickup's not quite as fun. I'd well, imagine. yeah, I mean, it would, just, it would just look like whatever you've whatever wiring you've chosen plus the camo finish that yeah. we would all choose as, the, oh, as something done to look at. I think, think? I would oh, actually, definitely. I'd probably have the Steve Stevens ray gun. That's oh, I, they will go. actually do that. I think that that was one of the best designs. I'm yeah, yeah, totally, totally. So good, so good. With that, shall we dive in some questions? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> See, I've been off for two weeks, and this so is what good. happened. So good. Nude. Good, good. A classic old school nude. So, um, some first first up, some news that uh, I didn't actually put in the running order here because it only just came out actually I think embargoed today um, new amps from Fender the Mustang GT series mm. who knows about them Jay do you want to talk about them a little bit yeah so um, these appear to be replacing some of the older Mustang yep. amps um, we've got three in the range so there's the uh, the GT40 which is a 2x6 the uh, GT100, which is a 1x12, and then a GT200, uh, which is a 2x12, which roughly, I think, fits into, like, the 2, 3, and 4 brackets of what they used to be Mustang-wise. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was. The 4 was the big... Yeah, and then the, the 5 was a head and cab, yeah, yeah, which yeah, right, doesn't... Yeah. The, well, yeah. I mean, they haven't announced anything, so no. who knows? And it's a complete facelift as well, this Mustang yeah, series. Yeah, they look, they look a lot more sleek, don't they? they the, yeah. I think... I mean, I, personally, I was never a huge fan of the... No, it was a bit of a messer look, the old ones, It just it? seemed very weird. It didn't seem like they were going down the right route. Yeah. Um, I'm not big... I, I, yeah, obviously, Fender amps look amazing, but that sort of, like, what they call, uh, like, peppercorn cloth. Like, I never really liked that. Right. Like, yeah. you know, like, tweed or... Yeah, yeah. Like, the, yeah. the champs were sort of the the right move weren't they like it was like this is a simple fender yeah. amp look on an entry level solid state amp and yeah, on the yeah. mustang obviously they tried to make it a bit fresher and it, yeah. it was just a bit of a, a weird look but yeah. these ones yeah completely I think they different. look really good they look really sleek so what's the um do we know what they've upgraded in terms of like how how they work yeah so they are that they are stating that they the first ever wi-fi enabled amp okay um, which basically just sort of future proofs it it just means that you connect it up to your wi-fi and anytime there's a uh, software update it just updates it for you automatically okay. um you can link it in with uh the, they've also launched a new app which i also think came out today fender tone um, which, from what I've read, is similar to Fender Fuse, <laughs> okay. um, which was the old uh, the old app that came out with. It, actually, I don't software, know if it basically. was an app. Yeah, no, originally Fuse. No, I think yeah. it was a. Wasn't it? A, a, it was a like software. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like, Fender Fuse. Program. No, the yeah. app was the Fender Capacitor. Really? Is that what it was called? No, oh, of well, course okay. not. <laughs> I mean, they've called this one Tone. Like, it, you know, it makes yeah. sense that it would have a kind of semi-awful name. But, um, but yeah, so this it allows you to switch between... They, they're saying that there's limitless um, presets, but I think you can only have 200 on the amp at any one time. Right, I see. And they're going down the route of um, sort of cloud-based, um, like, sharing tones and okay. stuff like that so you have as an account and you can share them yeah. Yeah. As well, the same as having um, the same as what they did with um, uh, with um, Amplify yeah exactly Amplify yeah. was a good example exactly of that, that yeah yeah so yeah they look really cool they yeah I mean there's not a huge amount out there as well, soon as they were announced today yeah exactly yeah none of us have heard anything yeah it'd be interesting to because obviously you know Boss have seen uh, like quite a lot of success with the Katana people are kind of raving about those and it'd be interesting to see where Fender take that um, there's We've not heard great things about the uh, the Marshall stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah. The Marshall cods. Indeed. The, it does appear. <laughs> it it does appear for there to be um, you know a gap in the market for someone to come and try and attack uh, the katana. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I guess we'll see. We'll see. What, what price point wise are they coming out? I assume Boss is still gonna going to have the cheapest ones on the market they i can't are, see anyone undercutting um i can't remember the 
larger ones. I think ones. they're about the same price. They're, oh, in fact, they? I do have them here. They're one nine five for the forty. Oh my god, they're Which the same. They're the same price. One nine five, three two five for the one hundred and four hundred. What are Marshall gonna and 40 do? Well, for the uh, GT two hundred. Yeah. What are Marshall gonna do? Well, let's best not go into that again. So, but yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to seeing what they do with it. Yeah, cool. It's fine. Yeah. It seems cool. Also hitting the streets today, some Fender guitars, which I think you know about, um, Joe. Is that right? Do I? Yeah. The, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about those. We I, said, mean, and then I, I got an email forgot. from you about them, so I assume you know about them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. These are the work. Uh, <laughs> Neo Redline. Is that right? Yeah, they actually announced these at NAMM, Is that I what believe. they're called? Yeah, yeah. Neo uh, Red? Uh, no, no, no. They're noir. Noir, noir Redline. Right, sorry, Neo. Sorry. Well, yeah, I was thinking of Neo Noir. noir. Yeah, they announced them at NAM, and then, to be honest, they they actually... I saw them in sort of, like, mail shots by, uh, like, Guitar Guitar and stuff like that, like, months ago as well, but I don't think they ever... Actually, the they stock ever, never They didn't materialise, and so, yeah, from my perspective at, at GAC, I, I didn't bother to sort of give them much much airtime as there were things I had in stock that I could promote instead. But, Indeed. Um, but, yeah, the uh, they look really cool. So satin, so it's a full range of guitars. So I think in the range there's... These are Mexican-made. Sorry, yes, they are Mexican-made, and you have... Uh, and, and they're essentially Mexican spec as well. So, so it's, um, it's modern hardware and, um, and, and satin finish necks. But what, what really separates the range is that these all come in a satin black finish, which is fast becoming my favourite finish on a guitar. I know that there's the fingerprint issue... But I just think it looks super cool, and it's really nice to have this available on a Fender. I, I really like the sort of that blend of modern and traditional. Um, mm. I think they look great. So in the series, I think there's a there's a Strat um, and a yeah. There's like, some bases. I, I like that you've forgotten already, <laughs> Matt. Can you get the details up? Uh, yeah. I can't remember actually what's reliable, but crucially, and the weird thing is that the. Uh, headstock logo and name is in red and the scratch <laughs> crucially. plate crucially yeah and, yes, the, and the scratch plate has a red it's outline a, it's a it. three ply plate isn't it black Ugh, red yeah. black Ugh. so but they're they're, um, they're anodized though aren't they which yeah. is quite cool so they're, no, what, this is hence the red line noir yeah, no, red no, line no. but yeah I don't like the red lines or the red text <laughs> if it was just black <laughs> that would be cool yeah I must admit that the kind of red is a bit <laughs> odd um, what's av- what's available the in the range, cool. Matty? What? Well, I mean, they, Fender do three main guitars, which I can't believe Joe's forgotten about. <laughs> <but> they- <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we do talk about pedals I too much. I couldn't remember if they did a telly. Yes, they do a uh. telly, an HSS Strat, and a P-Bass. All okay. priced at £539. Anodized gold guard, uh, satin black finish. Um, I mean- yeah. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. They, they do, I must admit, I just, that red... Yeah, I if don't they like were all it. Black, but they they're maybe. aimed at a certain type of person, are they? Aren't they? And and Fender don't really have a dog in that race, so it's um so it's it's good for them to have that. I mean, I kind of think maybe this is seems a bit late for for this. It's sort of maybe they should have got on this a bit sooner when the Jim Root was popular because the Jim Root was mopping up. We saw like a brief. Do you remember like a couple of years ago, probably more than that now, when we went and did that. We went and 
shot some videos at a, a festival in Brighton, like a metal festival. Yeah, um, what was that called? Beach uh, Down? No. Something like that, something down. Smashdown? No, Slamdown? Yes, Smackdown. It, it was a, sma- we went to watch Smackdown. It was a it was a metal festival anyway, yes. wasn't it? And we were interviewing all the bands, and it was like every other guitarist had a Jim, Jim Root. Root. Yeah, and this is on, and that was on the metal scene. And all of a sudden, Fender were the most popular brand. And I think we spoke yeah. about it on the podcast at the time. How it was, it was so bizarre. That, well, it was really funny. We went there expecting to like you and I were a little bit like, oh, I don't know anything about ESP or like Jackson or anything. We're like, what we're we going to talk about? And then every guitarist was like, Yeah, I've got a Jim Root or and a Dark I've, Terror. Uh, or yeah, Jim Root and a Dark Terror. And we we're like, Yeah, we know about that. And uh, like Les Paul Studios. Yeah. They were like, oh, have you put new pickups in? No, just the normal ones, just the standard. So, yeah, it's, so it's so bizarre. It's, it, but there has been that big shift, hasn't there? I yeah. Guess. And, I mean, and, and, and certainly the, the Jim Root was the first like perfect crossbreeding of, um, of sort of modern and traditional, keeping the modern pickups and that sort of the modern look of like satin finishes um, yeah. with the cool trad body shapes. And this this feels like a bit more of sort of Fender trying to do that sort of thing, which is definitely cool. They should they should do more. They should release a whole range. I guess they did do the Black Top yeah. series, which was also... But the that bla- didn't feel... It wasn't quite enough. I really like the Black Top. I thought that, you know, we talk about it a lot. I, th- I thought that that had like a couple of nice little quirks to it. Like, you know, the telly having the reversed... Um, the reversed... Uh, control plates so that you could oh, do yeah. your volume swirls and stuff you know just a really neat little touch I thought I thought they were, those guitars I thought were fantastic really really fantastic they do this every now and then they don't they they'd go like here's a series it's got an HSS Strat a Tele and a P-Bass yeah. like, <laughs> Big Block do you remember Big no, Block I remember you know, Big Block that was yeah. part of that I, um, Aerodyne part of that I think one of the best ones they made in the last probably five or six years was the Graham Coxon signature oh, oh what a yeah. great guitar yeah. I mean totally not what we're talking about but yes absolutely <laughs> that was, yes that's right from from metal yes and an indie guitarist signature model in butterscotch with a taut guard was is yes it was a good guitar Branton's just taking the piss out for you there man <laughs> Yeah, I know. I'm just ignoring it. I think that's probably for the best. Let's move on. TC Electronic, uh, in their quest for making everything smaller, have announced the Hypergravity Compressor Mini and the Mimic 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 Mini Doubler. Matt, these are um, just the same pedals in a smaller box, aren't they? Yeah. What I don't understand about this, what I don't understand is the Mimic Doubler, that I thought the whole point was that it was supposed to be in stereo so that it sounded like your guitar was doubling up. So surely in mono, it's just going to sound like a chorus. Well, I think the idea was that you could send it out to two guitar, two tracks if you were recording or whatever. But I think that they pitched it originally in the original video as being like a stereo pedal. Yeah, 100%. So that so to do it in a small format seems a bit odd because it I- won't sound like you're doubling up at that, at that point because it won't be splitting stuff in kind of a big range stereo i, I mean i'm st- I, I think the hypergravity is a cool compressor but i'm still not sold on the the doubling idea will, will, it, will it double with like a you know a, a 30 millisecond delay sort of thing yeah i mean it, yeah. that's essentially what it's doing but you'll end up just sounding like chorus basically yeah well, i, I mean, guess if me, it's only one one because chorus is like more than one isn't it yeah but it, it, this more than one does, track this does do more than one well, that's not doubling then, is it? It's like... Because <laughs> it's the chorus. Do you know why Dublin is the biggest city in the world? Is the, what is it? Yeah, it is. Do no, you know you've it? done this to me before. Because it keeps doubling and doubling. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, so have we lost any controls or anything, apart from the, the mimic going from um, stereo to mono? There is one, because I haven't got the original one up in front of me, but they've they've shifted everything to three controls rather than four controls, which are on the full-size ones. Um, just, I think you've basically got a wet and dry mix and a control for each, and then uh, a tightness control. Uh, hypergravity is just um, sustain, attack, and level, where the other one had a kind of mix control. Right, gotcha. So, so, they've just... so they're still tone print enabled... Um, just like the mini, so you can still add in add in a tone print and priced at sort of around ninety nine, ninety nine pounds. Which I th- I think they're you know I think I did like the hypergravity because it was a digital compressor and it's doing something different to kind of the MXR kind of pedals and kind of like you know more classic sort of 
vintage compressors um but in terms of doubling i still prefer something like the keely 30 millisecond yeah um which was like or the or they did one called the abbey which was based on the kind of the um abbey road sort of beatles doubling technique which they they, i think yeah they had one they had the adt setting on it and it just sounded like amazing i suppose in a way though it's not a new concept i think electro harmonics had one in the 70s like an automatic double tracker yeah yeah the, uh, i mean that effect's been around for as long as effects in music have been around i guess it's yes. kind of the first probably one of the first ones yeah. yeah yeah totally so yeah it does seem i don't know i'm not sold on that pedal yet the hypergravity, the hypergravity sounds is, cool well not just sound i think it's great i mean compressors are a sort of set and forget kind of pedal so you don't want them taking up a lot of that's room. true that's and, true. and certainly we've yeah. seen sort of uh you know obviously we, we're getting mini pedals a lot more now but the compressors that are small tend to be the analog simple you know volume sustain control yeah um, pedal so to have something that's like a multi-band proper sort of studio style compressor in a small footprint i think like who's not going to buy this who needs a who if you if you have a big board if real estate is an issue and you want a modern sounding compressor i think this is now one of the best things you can get because it's going to take up less room than it than anything else that's the key thing isn't it it's a very modern sounding compressor whereas i guess you know if you wanted something a bit more retro like we've talked about the bright onion uh baking powder is it is mm-hmm. that the one matt yeah yeah um and also i guess like there's the mxr yes with the dynacomp dynacomp mini, mini which is sitting on my desk though, at work at the moment about mini pedals because obviously spending loads of time on instagram um doing the the guitar notes instagram and so many pedal boards now have less mini pedals on them yeah i think so and i'm and i'm wondering whether it's like that that phase has has passed it well, is a you've got slightly false like... economy i guess isn't it but also i think it's i think it's less to do with um you know having fewer controls and more to do with the fact that it's it, it, there's like that emotional connection now people think oh mini pedal oh more, cheap. oh yeah. cheap yeah. and that people you know you want to move away from that and you know unless you're do- someone like ibanez who are making the mini pedals look like the larger pedals or dunlop making you know the fuzz face look like a smaller fuzz face um it is kind of you know there's there's you it's important to have that emotional connection with things and i think people do you know that the marketing is kind of it's like oh small is cheap now yeah yeah i need i need a a massive strymon pedal looking thing you know um, and funnily enough we're now seeing like moore do exactly that in the, um, uh, the Devon Townsend yeah, Devon pedal. What's it called? The Ocean... Ocean Machine. Ocean Machine. Machine. You know, yeah. so all of a sudden we are now <laughs> seeing cheap companies yeah. doing the, something that the, you know, the super expensive companies would yeah. normally do. It's, it's, it's interesting. I'm, I'm so many of the pedals I've seen come out recently, like boutique ones, are like bigger than Strymon units. I think people are going, actually, do you know what? If I'm spending all this time developing something that's cool, I'm going to put it in whatever... Yeah, the hell I feel like. Yeah, definitely. See, I, there is actually another problem that is seldom talked about. But I, for a very short period, set up. Well, I think like a practice, but <laughs> but I set up a. Uh, I moved. I took off my TU three and put on the the TC uh, Polytune Mini, and then I changed to the uh, Exotic Effects. Um, what was their compressor called? Was it the SP? SP, I think. Yeah, yeah, I had those. But of course, the tuner and the compressor are going to be the first thing going into my chain, meaning that my guitar is going to be plugged into those. So the heavier cable is coming out of those. Yeah. And oh, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. They just yeah. can't take... They just flap around yeah, everywhere. Yeah, they just flap around. That's, they can't that's take a really interesting point, actually. And it, yeah, was, yeah. it was like, oh, I kind of actually need the support of a TU3. And I was I spent the whole time being like concerned... Like the, the even with strong Velcro, they yeah. kept sort of like yeah. coming loose. And I was like, oh, I can't, I can't gig, I can't thrash around a stage with these pedals on. And if you if you use something like those Fender patch cables, they're just too strong, and they just yeah. pull the pedals off. If yeah, you've got yeah. those little yeah. ones, yeah, so yeah. that was actually a problem as well. I think I had to switch like a cheapy rotor sound. Yeah, yeah, just to to keep, keep the pedal on the board. board. Talking of pedals that are fairly chunky and take up a decent amount of space on the board, Free the Tone have just unveiled the Flight Time FT2Y. Matt Knight, give us the deets. Uh, yeah, this pedal, I mean, I love the first version, mainly because I, I don't know whether they did, but it to me it looks like the console from the DeLorean in Back to the Future. Yes, 100%. And I don't know whether that was a conscious design choice or not. But when I saw it, I was like, that really looks like the 
the DeLorean console from from Back to the Future. Um, but anyway, flight time. So we did the chorus before Free the Tone. Um, awesome Japanese company making some amazing uh, sort of high end, high quality bits of kit. This is an upgrade from the first flight time. So um, they've added MIDI out now, so you've got better um, MIDI control. So I think the earlier one only had MIDI in, so you had to have like a junction box if you wanted to use a switcher or something like that. Um, it's got a better tail between two presets, so you can switch between preset one and preset two, and it'll actually blend between the two delay functions, which I thought was quite cool. Um, I was having a look on their website to read a few more bits, and they say, world first real-time bpm analyzer and i can't really work that out because it's just saying that it it automatically works out the bpm dependent on how you tap in the tempo but then surely that's just tap tempo <laughs> like, i mean that's been happening like yeah the yeah that's they, really they, weird they actually put the real-time bpm analyzer adjust the delay time by automatically trimming the bpm based on real-time tempo analysis of the current performance within the range of plus minus 20 percent of the tempo information entered by the foot switch so i don't know if that's like so wait, you, wait does so it work wait. it out from your playing then or? yeah what it yeah. sounds yeah, like is you set the tap tempo with the foot switch and then you play and then it will go it will readjust the tempo oh, 20%, within 20% either right. way right okay so right. if you're slightly out yeah. right gotcha wait, wait. Weird. what what if you're playing in like a weird time signature? i think well, you can no one, no, no one wants that <laughs> no one wants to play in a weird nah, time signature. This sounds like a naff idea. But also, the <laughs> yeah. time signature shouldn't affect the well, if, the tempo. What if there's a tempo change? Okay, <laughs> but then yeah, you re-tap on the foot switch. <laughs> However, if, it, if, but it if there's a real-time tempo- MIDI information, then potentially if you play to a click, then it would adjust yeah, as it goes. In real time. But yeah. also, if there's a tempo change, you're probably changing f- more than... A twenty percent off of the. Do you know what I mean? Otherwise, yeah, what's the point? Yeah, so it won't probably won't do that's, anything. That's anyway. actually very smart. You know, especially yeah, for it. especially if you've got like um, a bunch of boozy geezers who are out touring in the middle of nowhere, and all of a sudden they're like, "Oh, do you, this is yeah, close enough." When they're trying to get their tap <laughs> tempo in time, yeah, and it will readjust. They yeah, know I their market th- I perfectly. I can't think of anyone who that would uh, be good yeah, for. Yeah, weird. yeah, yeah, weird, weird. But um, it's added a couple of other cool um, sort of features. They've upgraded the um, analog input and output, upgraded the power supply circuit in it to make it kind of a bit cleaner sounding. Um, new filters on there for the delay sounds, and then one thing that I they put on here, which is quite cool, which I'm not sure I fully understand how it worked, but they've put like a sound hold function. So even if the delay's off with an external foot switch, you can trigger the stored delay sound. So I don't okay. know if that means it will just apply repeats to when you like momentarily hold down the button. I, I'm assuming that's probably what they they mean from that, but it, it's not 100% clear on their website. Interesting. We'll have to get our hands on one because that sounds like, uh, firstly, quite mad, and secondly, looks amazing because it does look like the DeLorean um, play. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the the chorus was fantastic. The Tri Avatar chorus was really, really nice. Yeah. So I think, um, yeah, great company making some cool stuff. So it'd be definitely interesting to hear it. Have you heard the um, Ambi Space, the reverb that they do? Matt? I haven't actually, I've only heard a few demos, but I haven't actually seen one yet. I don't actually know if they're, I'm pretty sure they must be out. I've not. Um, it's, I mean, it's on their site. Yet. I've, I've, yeah, no, I've I never... know. I saw it at, at NAM briefly. Oh, okay. Um, I've never I heard it. Where... They've they've named it perfectly to pique my interest. Ambi space, ambient and space reverb. Yeah, completely. Yeah, That's perfect. like I'm there 100. percent Let's um, let's do one last bit of news this week. I want to talk about the Floyd Rose dead arm. Oh now, my god! Now this is ridiculous. Now, now well now. Is this an April Fool's joke? This uh, no, this is stupid. I don't think it, it can't is stupid. Work. I've, see, I'm, I'm. When I first saw it, I thought this is a joke, isn't it? And then I saw a load of people on, I think, Pedalboards of Doom, saying like, "Oh yeah, this is amazing." What? And part of me thinks, okay, if this is a real product, this is a like a really smart idea because the way that they've laid it out is, you know. For people who want a kill switch, they've got to take their hand away from their guitar, from their, you know, the position upon which they play and tap this kill switch or whatever, which is like, you know, if you're into that sort of thing, probably is a bit of a pain. So having it there 
We should describe what it is okay, first. Fine, so sorry. Floyd Rose have basically developed a system that allows you to insert a tremolo arm into a Floyd Rose bridge that has a button on the end of the tremolo arm that Which acts looks as a, like a detonator. It looks like a sort of, yeah, comedy detonator yeah. base. It's a comedy button. Um, and... It, that is acting as a kill switch. So the idea is that you can be doing yeah. a dive bomb on the trem arm and still hit the kill switch. I was, um, I was just doing a little bit of reading because I, I mean I had a guitar with it with a kill switch on it, which is basically like a button, and you wire it in between the kind of like the volume control and the output control, and it looks like this has got the same wiring that goes underneath the um, like the trem block from the other side. Okay. So your trem arm goes in the top, and then this little kind of like screw goes in the bottom, and then that's where you wire between the ground, and then the kill switch has a little wire that cuts it out. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, it, the downside to it is it, it doesn't look very nice. Like we no. said, it looks like it's got a kind of comedy um, switch. Acme, Acme it looks, it looks a bit chunky. Yeah, it looks like something out of like like you say, like Roadrunner. Yeah. Um, but someone could do something really cool with this, and you know, it's not. Someone like Tom Morello is not my kind of favourite guitarist. I'm not really into that type of music. But put in the hands of someone who was doing stuff with dive bombs with the whammy and kill switch and things like that, this could actually be pretty revolutionary. Like, it could change. Completely, and it's also not that expensive. I was looking on the Floyd Rose site today. It's They're charging 50 bucks for it. Okay. Which, you know, what's a standard... Tremolo. Tremolo. Trem- it's probably like 20, 20 25 probably yeah. something like that so it actually doesn't seem too unreasonable for me now that said this could absolutely just be Floyd Bros having a laugh with oh, us completely all. you know this we could have people just sitting at home just saying like Going, you bunch of gullible wallets yeah but in theory I mean but, it looks but like completely it, it looks yeah, like it will work quite it, the opposite I think it is quite if it is a joke they're fantastic, but the more we've talked about it, the more I'm thinking, I don't think it is a joke. I think I mean, if it is a joke, well, let's just make some. Well, completely. Because they sound really useful. <laughs> I think it's, um, yeah, cool thing. Um, difficult to work out if it was a joke or not. I think it's, uh, it's all good. Shall we dive headfirst into some... Questionables. Was that your life choices while you were on tour? Yes. Good, <laughs> good. I got some... Uh, I had to do the the segues while you were away oh yeah how did it go it didn't what did go you very go well I, I said news and then I said questions <laughs> yeah uh, oh man and uh, but I, I can't go as low as you let's just have a quick questions off I can't questions see I was told to get closer okay I'm going to turn your mic down a touch see but I, but I can't go as low as you <clears throat> Question. Oh, nice. That was a lot better than last yeah, week. Like, well, closer I've, to the mic. I really followed. Helped. I followed Al's advice. Yeah, yeah. Al no, no, from the good. Facebook group said Much to better. get closer. Much better. Let's dive it's into. It's almost some... like he's a sound engineer or something. I don't know. Is he? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Good. Let's dive into. Not questions. sound engineer. But mix it. Like a mixer. Produces mixer. records. DJ record M- producer. Mix, ma- mix master Al. Yeah, I think he's in. He's in Run DMC. Yeah. Good. Um, Emiliano says. Emiliano. That was so loud. That's yeah, the you, best name ever. You totally... <laughs> Just sorry. Oh, sorry, sorry if I've broken your headphones. Um, Emiliano says, have any of you changed the bridge pickup of a strap for some of those single coil-sized humbuckers? I realise that I seldom use my bridge pickup for cleans, overdrive, crunch sound, and select it only when using high gain. So has anyone done that? Matt and I assume you've done something like that? No, but yes. there, there are there are also guitars that you could get that come with that. The Omar well, Rod- Rodriguez Lopez signature yeah. Ibanez. It only had that bomb pickup, yeah. didn't it? Yeah, which is great. Um, Matt, what guitar did you put this in? I had my first ever proper... No, my second ever American Strat, which was also in the same colour. It was an old Strat Plus from 1999, I believe. And I put a Seymour Duncan Little 59 in... Is that a little 59? No, what's the slightly more powerful one than that? Quarter pounder? No. Uh, the JB. The JB, like, um, J- yeah. JB Jr. JB, one, one of the more higher output single core humbuckers. And it was great, but it's the, the thing about that is that you basically turn your guitar into two guitars, a humbucker guitar and a single core guitar. Yeah. But you can never use both switching between them because you've got this great neck sound and it's super clean and it's all jangly and hendrix like in you know in the neck position and then you switch to the bridge and it just sounds like ah it's like so bright and like you know way better for gain or you're using it for gain and then you go to the next position you're like 
oh where's my my sound gone so you kind of have to balance the whole set i think otherwise you tend to find that you've got one pickup that works in one position but you can never use any of the other positions or vice versa really i had exactly the same experience i put a jb jr in a 70s telly and the neck pickup in the 70s telly sounded great but it was really low output and then you switch the JB and it's like, oh, Too much. my head's gone. My head has been blown off by this pickup. And also you need to think about like the actual tone of it, I guess. Like the JB is quite mid-rangey. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, that's kind of... High... Go on, Matt. I was going to say, when they're high output as well, you get a lot more bottom end. Yeah. So depending on what kind of strat you've got and what kind of amp, you might find that everything becomes like super bassy as well. Yeah, yeah. That was that was the issue with this, this telly really is that the pickups that were in there initially were really bright and a bit lower output and stuff and putting that in there just overwhelmed basically everything that i did with it so yeah i mean if you're going to make that choice i guess you want to kind of maybe get the whole set like what's the uh, there's a real nice duncan set that's got uh, is it the everything axe set i think yeah was the- that is correct yeah so it turns you straight into basically three like a three humbucker guitar but but, the, but the also humbucker you- in the middle is is like is split isn't it it's, it's a different format yeah to the, yeah and also the gives you the bucker yeah I think, in the middle. also gives a you what? the option a duck bucker right um also gives you the option to split into single coils and stuff so you can kind of like switch between a bridge single uh, bridge humbucker and bridge single coil i believe yeah i mean you could do some pretty you could do some pretty nuts stuff yeah with the that. Uh, the band foes uh both their guitarists have strats with the uh whatever it's called the everything axe sets yeah. in them um, you know so what you could do? Seventy strats, and they sound mental. Yeah, you can actually get like a sync. You can actually do humbucker to single coil on a like variable pot, so you could actually like wind the output down slightly. You could. They had that on the uh, on the the cla- the Fender Classic Player uh, Jaguar H8. They did. Do you remember that? It was like a yeah. uh, gradual coil coil split. reducer tap. split. Split. No tap. tap. Yeah, yeah, tap. Yeah. Uh, a gradual coil tap, which is weird. You don't see that in any other guitar. Yeah, I can't think of yeah. any other stock guitar I've seen that's got that in. No, or just have a pickup blend. Yeah, you could do that. Pickup yeah, blend between. The two. I have. A, I, that's what I have on my my strats. So I have a, a volume master tone, and then the my, um, what would normally be tone two or bridge tone blends in the neck or the bridge depending on what position you're in which is oh, good because like if you're in the bridge position it brings in the neck and just gives a little bit more bottom end to what is usually quite a like snappy bridge pickup yeah yeah i yeah. really like that it's like i've always been a i mean you know I've, it's no secret i'm no huge fan of of strats in general but like I've you al- love the strats i've always loved the uh uh, neck and bridge oh, it's together. the best sound it's, they, why is that not standard I know it's so nuts they, you can only get them on the well I don't I don't even know if they're on the elites anymore but they were on the um, yeah they had S1 switching on the stuff, S1 they? switching yeah. deluxes they were fantastic that sound was amazing yeah I think they've dropped S1 for elites I don't know uh, sure <laughs> good, good. Well, well we, we can confirm that at a late date. Mark, I mean, who uh, plays active fenders? Well, no, you don't. They're not active. active. Oh, it's just the basses. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The S1 was yeah on the uh, active basses, but yeah, it was a passive circuit on everything else, even on the passive basses as well. Oh, yeah, there is an active passive on them. Yeah. Uh, just, no, no, no. In the mid two thousands, um, American standard precisions and jazzes had an S1 on the passive versions of the basses. Oh, really? Mm. Standards had it. Indeed. Oh, my God, Indeed. those things must be worthless now. Nah, well, you can just take it out. Yeah, it's simple. Um, Mark says, okay, tough choice here, guys. I'm buying a 2017 Explorer in two days. If all goes well, uh, I think this was more than two days ago, so I, this is pointless, but let's carry on. Um, <laughs> I have a PV VK100 with matching cap. I also own a Catlin Bread uh, DSLR. I don't know what that is. And Acapulco Gold uh, with a Wampler Plexi Drive. Um so, do I buy a Marshall DSL 100 head, uh, the 40 watt combo, or Fender Hot Rod Deluxe and use my gains? Uh, this decision is stressing me out. So, he's getting the Explorer, he's got a VK, a Valve King 100 with a matching cab, but he's also got a load of front end pedals. So, I don't know which DS, uh, which Catlin Bread he's referencing there, but it's the the Royal Albert Hall. Oh, okay, fine. It's like a it's a, like a Marshall. I think it's actually is it more like a I think it might be more like a Vox, like a cranked Vox. Okay. I think it's is going it for the Queen-style yeah, thing. I was going to say, presumably, it's based on someone 
who at, played a famous the Royal show at the, Hall. Oh, yeah. High Watt. Sorry. Okay. High Watt. Okay. Um, so, yeah, going for like cranked, um, sort of bright British tones, but not quite as sort of mid chunky as a, as a Marshall, basically. So, I guess what he's saying is. Should he stay with his Valve King 100 and matching cab, or should he look for something that's more of a kind of pedal platform? And you, because he's obviously got a range of pedal in a box pedals there. So, uh, sorry, yeah. amp in a box pedals. Um, so, what do you think he should do, J Cross? I mean, I was never a huge fan of those PVs. Um, you know, and it's not just the it's not just the heads. The cabs I always thought sounded really muddy, really. Um, just woolly and just a, just a bit. They weren't very well a, made. A bit cheap, really, you know. Yeah. And and that's part of the problem is I think even just buying a Marshall DSL hundred head, I don't think it's going to sound great through that cab because no. those cabs aren't very good, unfortunately. Yeah. And um, the forty watt DSL combos, cool, but no, very heavy. Yeah, I guess they're so. all right. They were. Right. I, I don't think they were a huge thing. I don't think they were huge to write home about. I no. think it was. I think of the DSL range, it's probably the the best. Yeah. Of the DSL range, but the DSL range is like super average. Mm. I mean, not it's, back I in the day. It, they're the best back in the day. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I think the thing is, I would say, is if he's got the Explorer and he takes it home and he plugs it into the Valve key and he's like, I love this sound. Then, then why would you bother changing? Completely. It? Well, completely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but if you're finding that. The problem, the problem I find, and the reason I don't go for too many amp heads that ever have drive in, is because I use so many drive pedals. Yeah, you tend to like collapse the front end because you're running so much fuzz into a distorted preamp that everything just sounds like a, a mush. Yeah. Um, so if he's using drive pedals more and he's just using the clean channel on the Valve King, then maybe it would make sense to go for the Fender, where you've got a great clean platform that you can just run distortion pedals into. And the the Hot Rod Deluxe is such a good like. What great amp! Yeah, mm. they are very good. Totally. I mean, I assume if he's the problem with my problem with the Hot Rod Deluxe is that they're not quiet at all, and you no, can't no. really use them at home. But I'm assuming if he's got a Valve King 100, then yeah, that's probably not for home anyway. So yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think again heavy as well, and only one, heavy. only the one, not super. Heavy, but then but probably like, not as heavy as a Valve King 100 and 412. Well, yeah, there is that as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah probably not quite as heavy as that. I had a, I had a uh, Hot Rod Deluxe for a while, and I really loved it, but I was. I only had it at home and too loud too loud and I sold it to someone who not long after they bought it off me had a kid and he sold it immediately yeah nice nice that is the uh, the way of things um, I think we are, we're nearly up at time we should wrap this one up um, we are going to head over now and do a Patreon episode based around a question we had from the Facebook group um, it was Alex's question about our own insane signature pedals um, we need to devise a, a pedal give it a name say what it would do give it a price and then we can kind of judge each other's uh, submissions I think so we're going to be thinking about that over on patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds where from as little as one dollar a month you can help support the podcast one dollar a month gets you the uh, regular podcast episodes without any adverts and early the five dollar tier gets you the regular podcast ad free and early as well as an extra half an hour every week and access to the whole back, back catalogue we're up at 70 or 80 hours worth of stuff there now Plus the mini-series uh, Branton's Ranton, where Joe Branton talks about things that he hates, plus all the interviews that we talked about earlier in this episode. And our final $10 tier, you get your name read out every week on the podcast, like this. Derek Rich, Chris Collins, and then just Steve Buckland, Blair Tom's Carlos, Andrew Macrobacrobacrobacrobacrobacrobacrobacrobacrobacrobacrobacrobacrobacrobacrobacrobacrobacrobacrobacrobacrobacrobacrobacrobacrobacrobacrobacrobacrobacrobacrobacrobacrob
people a picture of myself. Uh, you said phone call. You said phone them. Oh, yeah, but I also want to send them, like, a picture of me in a dressing gown. Okay, so we're going to set up a secret bow club where no. um, if you want to... I think regularly, I know who it is. You think you know who Bo Banton yeah, is? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. The I parody Joe Branton account. Um, Let's talk about it off air. Okay. So possibly by next week's podcast, we'll have set up a fourth and final Patreon tier. Never say never. And never say never, where you get a personal monthly greeting... Plus other extra... Con- this this it's is got never going to happen. It's got the potential to get weird. I'm going to add it to the Patreon and we'll see if anyone <laughs> signs up. The uh, $20 Joe Branton VIP tier. That will be added soon. Uh, for all that news and more, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum where you can submit questions to the podcast, learn about our new things and also watch Matt Knight's sort of weekly-ish live streams. Yeah. And then once I actually get like decent internet then we can do it with two cameras and proper sound and it'll will be wonderful. Indeed. Looking forward to that a lot. Do follow us on Twitter at Guitar Nerds, Instagram at Guitar Nerds and YouTube.com forward slash Guitar Nerds videos. Thanks very much. We'll see you next week. Cheers, gang. Farewell. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.